Welcome into the week one Debbie recap brought to you by the Full Tilt Debbie podcast. We had a great week of football, and while we can't talk about all the games, why don't we go ahead and skip all the way to dessert and start out with the LSU-FSU game that happened last night. Uh, what a matchup, what a game, especially in the beginning. Man, it started out hot, you know, both teams scoring pretty quickly. Uh, you know, it kind of fell off in the second half, but uh, getting into the players, Jordan Travis from FSU did slow uh, start slowly, uh, get off to a slow start, I should say, and... You know, it, it was a little concerning there in the beginning, but man, in the second half of that game, he he looked like he was right back where he was last year, um, looking like he could definitely be in the mix for Debbie QBs this season. Trey Benson is a surprising one. Uh, I've seen people seem to be getting really hyped about Benson, especially this off season, as uh, maybe the team was getting more hype and, and everything. Benson was sharing the backfield in this one. He didn't really see a lot of the rushes. I think it was thirteen rushing attempts. Um, but he was pretty inefficient, only getting 47 rushing yards, no touchdowns. Uh, this one was not great for Benson. You know, obviously, it's a great defense, so maybe we can just chalk it up to that with uh, LSU being you know a stout team, top five uh, opponent. You know, but it was not the start that I wanted to see from Trey Benson. However, it was the start I wanted to see from Keon Coleman. Holy crap, he he did exactly what I hoped he was going to do by switching over to. Uh, to FSU from Michigan State. He kind of proved himself at Michigan State, but we know that's not the, the greatest offense or anything like that. Here we are. First game, 120-something yards, uh, three touchdowns, and he just looked like he couldn't really be stopped. It, it was uh, it was quite the game, quite the statement game by Ken Coleman. And honestly, once again, going back to the defense that they were playing against, I don't think there's any re- real reason to think that you know, he couldn't continue doing that. Uh, Johnny Wilson, another receiver for FSU, had a decent game. He had some nasty drops. Uh, I don't know what that was all about. He also made some really nice catches and some very important catches for the team. So uh, while definitely not on that Keon Coleman uh, trajectory, he is he can definitely be uh, at least a viable option uh, for Devi players. And you know maybe he'll sneak in and, and be a surprise later on. And then Jaheim Bell, uh, the transfer. Uh, I cannot remember where he just where he transferred from, but the the transfer to FSU, the tight end transfer, caught the first ball of the night. I got really super excited about it. Then he kind of went quiet for the for just about the rest of the game until the fourth quarter, uh, when he had a rushing touchdown and also a really nice receiving touchdown. Uh, I think it was like a thirty-seven yard play or something like that. Uh, I obviously I would have loved to have seen him get eight, nine, ten targets, something like that. That didn't happen, but that was pretty nice for his first game as a Seminole. On the other side of the ball, Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors honestly didn't seem like they were really on the like the same page. Um, but at the same time, they weren't that far off. Like there were some there were some big plays that could have happened. And obviously neighbors still got a little bit uh in in the passing game. Nothing to be ex- too excited about. Uh I think there was some some bad luck. Uh neighbors fell down at one point. That turned into an interception. There was some bad luck involved here. I think that you know if, if that game gets played again, uh, you know things might be a little bit closer than it ended up being for FSU. And, and that's not to take away from FSU; they're, they're obviously a, a great team as well. Another surprising team was Colorado playing against TCU. Uh, I I don't know about you guys. We've talked about them here on the pod. I have not been a fan of Colorado as far as uh, what they were going to be this year. I really thought that it was going to be 
really rough. You know, they, they, they kicked out like almost every incumbent player. They brought in 53 transfers and in the portal, you know, just who could have expected that the offense was going to click like right away. Not me. I I will take the L there. Well, it did. (laughs) Uh, honestly, neither team decided to play defense, uh, which was, was nice for, uh, fantasy purposes for CFF fantasy purposes. Um, but Shador Sanders proved that he at least deserves to be on Debbie radars. Um, you know, he, he didn't do anything absolutely amazing. He had a 3% big time throw rate, you know, that's decent, nothing, nothing great, but man, over 500 yards passing, uh, I think five touchdowns. I mean, just dude just really did what he needed to do in his first game in the pac 12, uh, Travis Hunter is getting all the hype in the world because he played over 130 snaps, uh, you know, on offense and defense. But honestly, I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's something that's going to continue for, you know, forever. I really think that, you know, think about who Dion prime or Dion prime Dion Sanders is, uh, he wanted to make a statement in his first win or in his first game and by winning. And he did that. Uh, not to say that like Travis Hunter is going to completely go away on offense, but I definitely don't see him doing what he did in week one there. And then, you know, the, maybe one of the biggest surprises was Dylan Edwards, uh, he honestly didn't do that much on the ground. He only had 24 yards rushing, but he had five receptions for 135 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, that was not what I was expecting, but you know, I guess we'll have to see how that role continues because he had some big plays, maybe even some broken plays. Once again, I don't know how sustainable it is, but you love to see that kind of explosiveness and, and uh, you know, the ability to score there. On the other side of the ball, another uh, kind of confusing one or surprising one is uh, Trey Sanders also had three touchdowns, but once again, he only had 46 rushing yards and he had no receptions. So I, th- I would say that that one is 100% unsustainable, not somebody that I would really be banking on too much. And uh, But Amani Bailey from the same team was way more efficient on the ground, uh, rushing for 164 yards on 14 touches. And honestly, that was really about it from TCU. And then the uh, the last player that I want to talk about is, you know, we've been wondering who the QB1 for the 2025 rookie class was going to be. But honestly, we didn't really know until maybe possibly this week. Uh, Drew Lahr really seems to have taken the throne, completing 72% of his passes for 325 yards and three touchdowns against West Virginia. Maybe not the best defense in the world, but, you know, he, he looked the part. And we've all, you know, we've been wondering, like, who is he going to throw it to? Keandre Lambert-Smith had a big day. Uh, he had four receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Once again, maybe not the greatest defense, but, uh, you know, it was nice to see that uh, Alar and even Lambert-Smith could get things done regardless. So hopefully that's something that will continue on. And maybe we'll finally have uh, a little bit more of an actual ranking on who those 2025 players are. And then I said my last player, but actually I, I lied. I'm going to talk about one more player. This is probably a longer uh, recap than we're used to, but hopefully you guys are still listening. Uh, I, I can't get away without talking about Dylan Sampson. We talked about him on the last Full Tilt Debbie podcast, and I said make sure you go out and get him cheap. Trade for him now because he's going to be a stud. And guess what? Week one, four touchdowns. Now he didn't have the he didn't have the most rushing yards or anything like that. He only had 52 rushing yards. But he did have a nine-yard reception and a touchdown. So four total touchdowns. But the funny thing is, he was the goal line back for the Volunteers. He's the smallest running back on their squad, uh, at least of the active ones that I know of. Um, 
And yet he was the goal line back. If this continues, I mean, we expect the Tennessee offense to be pretty prolific. Uh, he could easily have a ridiculous amount of touchdowns when it's all said and done. And honestly, the way that he was looking, whether it was you know rushing, receiving game, whatever, the athleticism that he has, he could carve out a bigger role as Jabari Small kind of falls off. So uh, w- once again, if, if people aren't believing in Dylan Sampson and they think it was a fluke, I can understand it. You know, the num- the numbers don't add up to four touchdowns every week, and that's not going to always happen. But I think it's somebody that I definitely want to get on my squads. That wraps us up for this week's Debbie recap. Thank God Andy will be back next week to do the, the week two recap. And of course, make sure you check out the next Full Tilt Debbie podcast. I'm John Arrington, Dynasty Coach A on Twitter, and this has been the week one Debbie recap.